0: What's up? Welcome to the Stella Fellow Podcast. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. If you are listening to the background music, which you are because it's playing right now, that's my boy Andrew Holder. Put that thing together. Go check him out on iTunes or Spotify. He's got some quality EP albums out. One of my favorite songs he's done is What If We Got a Cheap Table. (laughs) The names he does are awesome. So Holder's maybe one of the funniest guys I know. Also a quality bean roaster. You can... uh, Used to be called trios. I don't know if it's called trios anymore or not. He works at a coffee shop in Flower Mound. Can't remember Holder. If you're watching this, which he actually does quite a bit, uh, comment where you're at. I it was trio, and now I can't remember if that's if it's still called that or not. So please forgive me. Anyways, we are now wrapping up uh, Lazy Churches Suck Part Two. Um, because when I did Part One, it was like 40 minutes and. It was taking forever, so I stopped, and then as I have looked at it to finish it, this is going to be like a five-minute podcast <laughs> to wrap this thing up. So if you read that blog, awesome. We are picking up right where it says true story. It's underneath the grading system, and then there's a, there's a paragraph talking about I don't think Jesus is going to grade you on how well you shepherd. I don't think he's going to give you a number grade with checks and boxes and true-falses and fill-in-the-blanks and those kinds of things. But I do think... That we are held accountable. There will be a conversation pertaining to how we shepherded the bodies that were entrusted to us, and I think that's clear throughout Scripture as we look in the New Testament. And, and like, oh, yeah, it's there. So, uh, anyways, we're going to pick up here at True Story. If you haven't read this and you want to read it, you can go to Stellofellow dot com back, backslash journal backslash Lazy Churches Suck, uh, or you can just go to the faith tab scroll down click on it and uh, it's the one where the guy's leaning back there's a book on his face he looks like he's taking a nap so got that picture off of unsplash if you haven't been to unsplash.com it's where uh, quality photographers can share their work but you can also download it for free you can also take whoever whoever's work it is get their link put it with the picture if you're posting it and using it for something so you can give them a shout out They get to share. I've got an account there as well and have shared some photos. It's just another social media platform for photographers, but it's also for downloading quality work for free. Really cool idea. I'm glad they've done it. So go check out unsplash.com, and you can even click on the guy's work that I did uh, off of this picture, which is a quality picture. It's an indoor shot, uh, which is hard to get a a good quality white lighting inside clearly to the right there's got to be a window or something because he's got some good light coming in but this is a great shot um and i can't even pronounce the guy's name so go check him out if you want to uh picking up here true story a couple years ago my family and i visited church for about six months with a friend who had been inviting us to worship with them for about a year and we finally said okay here like uh, shout out to my buddy who asked me literally for a year to go to church with him and it wasn't like every day but there was a consistent theme of hey man why don't y'all come to church with us hey man why don't y'all come to church and we didn't uh, initially di- didn't we didn't do it we did not go initially because uh, I had interviewed at that place on two different occasions uh, for two different positions and that was a part of the wrestling match I dropped a blog today that says how to find a church and shared some of that experience of when we came back from Austin, I had resigned from my position on a church staff. It was the first time we'd ever gone to find a church in our marriage to find where we're going to go and, and be there as a family, and that was that's actually pretty difficult. Part of it because we moved back to an area where I knew a lot of the guys that were leading in places where I, at least I knew of them, had been around them because of the the decade I spent doing ministry in this area, had interviewed at a number of those places, and, which is all, like, anytime you interview somewhere and you don't get a job, there's always a, I'm sure you may have interviewed somewhere, and then, like, you go to that place of business, like, I don't know if I want to shop here. It's a similar thing. Uh, and so, reg almost did it. I, uh... I had a hard time initially going, yeah, we're going to go and visit this place. And it, I'm not kidding. It was a year that my buddy invited us. And so finally we said, yes, we're going to go try it out. I'm picking back up to read here. This place is well staffed, has a good chunk of change in the bank. It does. It's a wealthy place. It has phenomenal worship. Like it, there are three worship settings I've been in, like church, like consistent church wise. That's like, man, these are the top three I've ever been in. And that's number three. It's not number, number one or two, but it is number three in the experiences i've had with consistency the worship is absolutely phenomenal it has a legit little coffee shop in the corner and the guy who speaks i think he's a solid b talent and like i'm not ripping on him that's quality like you got a guy that can speak that's a solid b he's very talented and he's not an a he's not an a plus uh, but he's a, he's he's a b which means he's bringing some heat consistently. It's a wealthy white collar type place uh, which makes sense because it's that kind of neighborhood uh, where it's at. Nothing wrong with that. Like 0.01%ers need Jesus too. We, we that's who we are. Like if you you're in America and you make over six figures, you're a 0.01%er. However, <clears throat> I was there for literally 6 months when my buddy asked me, "Hey, has anyone followed up with you?" Now, we had when we first went, he he if I was going to which I will, when i write a here is how you invite your friend and then what you do when they're with you this guy like just freaking killed it in terms of and i'm not i'm not going to attach names for you here because i what i don't want to do is like here's the name here's where he goes and then tell you what i'm about to tell you uh so i'm not going to do that i have a deep uh love and respect for this guy and the way that he handles inviting with consistency and then when you're actually there with him, like he made a point to make sure like he walked me into the, the room afterwards, like introduced me to a pastor, to the pastor, introduced me to like a student pastor, introduced me to like uh, a group's guy, like it was like three or four different individuals. He was very intentional about introducing, standing there talking and and it was like I didn't even, I didn't ask. In fact I wanted to leave. Again, because of the attachment, I was like, no, that was great. I'm glad we can, can we just go now? And I mean, it it was just, it it was one of those where it's like, it wasn't just, I'm going to invite you and then, yeah, I'll sit with you. It was like, there was a, there was a very, it was very intentional and relational in what he was doing. And so hats off. Um, Well done, bud. If you're watching this, I'm going to literally, I'm going to sit down and write. And Tate, I'm gonna rip off everything you did and put it in a blog. So, but then he it's, he, we're talking one day and he's like, "Hey, has anybody followed up with you?" Out of everybody I introduced you, and uh, I was like, "No." Here's the thing: I have two kids. They both went with us every week. Both kids were dropped off in the kids' programs weekly, which means they had my phone number, my email, my wife's phone number, etc. Like I just gave them inside information how to get a hold of me in roughly 35 seconds churches typically of that size and nature have a database where you search someone's name and there's a contact. So it's one of those like you fill stuff out. If you've never been on the inside, you fill something out and give it to them. Your info can it's almost like um it's for eternity is locked into the system. It's like impossible to get there's certain systems that once you're entered into it, you can't get out anymore. And they can change your status but they can't, like, they can't delete you for whatever reason. Uh, not all of the programs, but at least some of them, that's how it works. A church of that size, that kind of money, in that location, it has a database. And so once you give your info, it typically will go in fairly quickly, and so in order to have a follow-up, like you don't have to get my number while we're standing there, you don't have to tra- track it down, like you sit down at your computer and log in and, and type in, okay, cool, or you, it's like visitors from this date. Oh, yeah, that's that guy's name. It, like, it doesn't take a long time. It's it's pretty easy to do. And, um, like, the systems allow you to search by newness groups or your family is involved in, et cetera. Like, it's stupid easy to find people I'm reading again. After hearing my, quote, no, my buddy got somewhat frustrated, and he's, he's really connected in said church and went into the executive pastor to voice his frustration. I've met the executive pastor before, actually. Like, I had breakfast with him roughly, like, six, seven years ago. Prior to this in a complete, okay, yeah, so like six or seven years before we were in this situation, I sat down, I had breakfast with him, it was part of the interview thing that I was in, and like I know him, not well, but I know him, um, and like just to be fair about the situation, it's not like I'm an unknown human, like I've been at the table, they've had extensive conversations with me, again, we don't know each other well, but we went, we've gone through an interview process <clears throat> twice, once spef- specifically with him. I'm gonna say this because it's written in the blog. Regardless, the follow up that uh the follow up that I did get after my buddy complained to the XP executive pastor was a phone call from the administrative assistant uh to confirm that my email address was correct and number two, I received an email inviting me to a new members lunch. So I had I had met the pastor I'd met, a student pastor I'd met, somebody else, and then I knew him and so we crossed paths again. And uh, two of those meetings were like, "Hey, one was a with the pastor. Hey, let's have coffee. Uh, I'm leaving town, but when I come back, let's have coffee. Awesome, that's great." It, which we we didn't. And then uh, the student pastor I met was that was an interesting one. He's not there anymore because he was immediately like, "Oh, you were a youth ministry. You need to volunteer with us." Like we hadn't even talked yet, and it was like, "My name's Case. I'm saying, no." <laughs> and one because the the timing was absolutely wrong. And then number two, you don't know me yet. So don't invite me in to help shepherd your body if you don't know me. Just because I've done it before doesn't mean I'm good at it, or that I should be doing it, or that you and I agree on any level, um, theologically, pragmatically, about anything. So and, and still we there wasn't a um uh, there wasn't a fall after that. I think he, he hit me up one time and I cannot remember what it was for. So again, to be fair, There was a text from him. I don't remember what it was. I I could go back and look, I guess, if I wanted to search it, but that was like three or four years ago. Point is, when he went back in and was like, hey, nobody has like legit reached out and there hasn't been any kind of follow up with my buddy who came with me, uh, that the action next was a phone call from the admin which admins are awesome like they do a ton of work if you've never been in the inside and watched that happen churches of that size those people are absolutely crucial and I had the last church I served in like actually had a role and led a ministry I had two one at a time but I had one and then I had another one both of them, they had different skills and they had different giftings and different fit into the way that I worked differently. And at the same time, like extremely crucial to our success in being able to get what had to be done, done. And had they not been there, could we have done it? Sure. But it would have been excruciatingly painful on some different on some different things. So those people are, are huge. So it's not a knock on who you got a phone call from. In fact, I know some admins that are better at this kind of thing than pastors are, which is sad, but it's true. However, the follow-up wasn't a, it wasn't a real follow-up. It literally was just a phone call that said, hey, we want to make sure your email's correct. Yes. And then they sent me an email that said, hey, we'd love to have you at our new member lunch. That's like that, again, that's the laziness that I'm talking about. The, like lazy churches suck because this is our follow-up that's not that's not follow-up that's you passed it on to somebody else to make a phone call to make sure an email address was right which it was right so I hadn't even got that to start with and then you sent me an email it's the 21st century for Pete's sake we we stopped using email with great consistency for like legit intimate communication in 1998 I was still in high school when we stopped doing that and and yet, that's our response um and so that like that again, that's the laziness I'm talking about. What's crazy is this laziness does not match the intensity that my buddy had with this, and so which is inner like i've i as I've talked about church and about church culture and leadership and all those things, typically the guy who leads everybody under him it it like trickles down, and that's how they act. It's not true in this specific case. there are individuals who have different drives in them that handle things differently to which I, again, to my buddy, because th- this isn't, this is not reflective of, uh, of, of him at all. And so, but again, this is the laziness I'm talking about from a leadership standpoint. It, again, no, I'm not booty hurt over re- over the ordeal. You're like, yeah, you are. Like, no, I really am not. It, I'm okay. Like I know Jesus and I know, like I didn't, I don't have to have somebody follow up with me in order for me to be able to connect What I was looking for was somebody to have legit follow-up because the way you do it with me is the way you do it with everyone. And if you're lazy about it and you don't care, then I don't want to be there. And because you and I have a different thought process about what we're trying to accomplish, you would say the same thing that I would say, but you're trying to do it far differently. And whether I'm right or wrong, which I could be wrong, I just don't think I am— I think the way that I think that it should be done and do it is the right way. That's why I do it that way. And you probably think the same thing about the way you do it, and that is fine. Again, I could be wrong. I just don't think I am. And being, or what I'm meaning is, as I look at that, I go, like, that's a huge marker for me. That's a number one, number two issue to go, no. Why? Because it's a salvific issue. And You're like, what did you just say? It is it is what then drives or it shows what drives me to do what I do. Because if I have somebody that walks in, gives me their info and I can't follow up to sh- like my agenda always is to share the gospel with you. And like when I meet you at church for the first time, I am intentionally trying to get to a conversation where I get to ask you if you died today, are you confident that you would go to heaven? And what is your confidence based on? Can I share with you what the scriptures say about what Jesus has done for you? That's my intention. That's the agenda all the time. If I meet you at the gym, that's the agenda. When I got in the Uber ride yesterday to ride from one place to another after I had to change Ryan's car tire because her car tire blew out again for the second time in the last year. Different story. My intention in talking to that guy was to get to that part of the conversation. Like that was the agenda. When I, when I booked the Uber, I had already planned that agenda. So I, is that a salesmanship thing? Sure, we're selling Jesus, and, I, and that's okay. Like Most of the time, agenda is a negative sti- stigma that's attached to something. Like that person has an agenda. Oh, man, yes, I do, and it's to share Jesus with you. And so same thing here. Like The point of doing all those things right is so that you can share that, and when you don't, then you don't. And it's not what's important. You've got something else in mind. You think you get there a different way. And that's why I go, this is, this is lazy, and it sucks. And I don't mean that you're lazy in terms of your work ethic. I mean you're lazy with the right things. And it, 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 handling follow-up poorly is, is lazy poor, and it's just bad. So uh, here is what I got at the end of that paragraph. However, what it did do was give me an inside intel I need to change that It gave me inside intel As to how they handle follow up And it's bad So again Not consistent with my buddy at all Because he's incredible at it Uh, But he's also not in charge So Next paragraph We visited another church For another six months-ish After that with uh, Actually less follow up In fact the only actual interaction We had with someone Be it a volunteer or staff person Was the guy on Sunday AM Holding the door open It was the same guy all the time He was always politely smiling, saying good morning, glad you were here. One time he even told me that I could park closer. Again, just like any other church, they had all our contact info because we gave it to them when we dropped our kids off. Uh, One day we were in the service and the youth pastor walked up to a family in a row sitting behind us and started to talk to the family, invited the kid to the youth group. Awesome move, bro. Like, well done. Like, hey, family right there, I'm going to... This is a, this is a, it's not a small church, but it is a smaller church. And it is in the first three year, three years of that location being open. And, uh, what interesting, actually we visited on two different, we visited initially before they actually had opened. We had, I know a lot of people that are connected. And so I have friends that are a part of this church as well. And I knew when this place was opening before they made it public. And it wasn't even a soft opening. It was like they, they spent X amount of months meeting together with just the people they were launching that location with. And we showed up, uh, which is interesting because when you show up like that, you're the only people that nobody knows. Because no one else is coming. Because no, nobody knows it's there. <clears throat> and it's not, in a good lo- it's not in a location that's like super findable. It's, it's a, like you have to know where it's at to get there to get in location doesn't matter. I know you think it does, but it doesn't. And so we go in, and this is the first time, we go in, we sit on the front row, I didn't share this in here, we sit on the front row, and the campus pastor gets up and speaks that day. And not only that, like I'm on the front row, like I am less than 15 feet away from you, where, okay, that guy's not, we are a family that one, we live in fashion, um, which we stand out. We're fun size, so we stand out. In a crowd, maybe not so much because you can't see us. Uh, But when everyone's sitting down, okay, now we stand out. We sit in the front row. No one else was sitting in the front row at all, which is interesting because now it's, it's like just the people that are launching the campus, and there's one couple in the front row. And, again, so there are multiple aspects of why it's like those people just stand out, and I don't know you. If I'm in those shoes, which I'm not, and there's a reason why, if I'm in that position, though, I am praying when we are done, and I'm walking over and saying, hey, t- why are you here? Tell me who you are. And and again, I have an agenda. Like, you came here for a reason, and I want to know what it is. And it, because I have an agenda, and, and if you're already saved, that's awesome. My next agenda is, is another step. And it would, again, uh, I'm not in that position. He was. So it was interesting that time. So we go back. We're there for roughly six months, fairly consistently. We had some friends that we would sit with that had again invited us, and so I'm watching. This guy walks up behind us, row like engages, starts talking again. That's awesome. There's a, there are two of them. There's another one right in front of you, uh, and not a word, not a word the entire time we were there. I don't mean that day. I mean the six months we were there at all. At one point, I. Um, I dropped the kids off and Ryan they went in I went and parked I came in went to the bathroom came out of the bathroom and and worship was going on I typically come in a little bit later because the anxiety I have kicks up during worship it just does I don't know why and so sometimes I walk in later and so that I'm just I don't have to go through four songs I can go through two and then that's just more manageable for me physically I don't again I don't know why it just that's when it happens and so I'm walking down the hall and the campus pastor walks by me. Again, this isn't a large, it's not tiny, but it's not large by any sense of the means. And and you're still in that new, okay, <laughs> I saw that guy on the front row, and now I see him again. And he just walked by me. Not a word. Not a hello. Not it was just it's it's just strange. It's very, very strange because the the point of you gathering together. Like Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the meeting of the body as some are in the habit of doing. Like the point is to gather together and to worship together. And then you as the leader are shepherding the body. And your initial, like, who am I shepherding to start with as the lead guy? Well, that's going to be the men in the church who then shepherd their families. It's like this <whistles> pyramid. Right? Not, a, not, It was insane to me. Maybe the guy's an introvert. I don't know. If you're a, an extreme introvert and you have a really hard time engaging with people, this might be a good time to sit down and be like, God, did you really call me to this? Because if you did, I'm I'm an introvert. Totally. And I had to learn very quickly how to flip the switch on and be an extrovert when I was doing the job that I had. If you were in one of my youth groups, you may not know that um, because I I learned how to flip the switch and here we go. Life of the party, and guys are like, man, it's like you're 17. Yes, because I am an idiot. But I had to, like, that was a learned skill of engaging with people. This guy wasn't in the start of his career. He's, like, in his 50s. So the point I'm getting at, where am I at? Again, I don't need a staff guy to engage with my family. I've done it more. Uh, I've done it more than he has, and I can handle that. hey, get involved convo. This is in terms of the, the youth pastor. He was a young guy. Like, I have done that more than he's done it. I don't need him to do it. At the same time, all it does is tell me how they handle follow-up follow or connecting with new people. Like, you just showed me how you do it. And some of you are like, well, it's on you to get involved. Yes and no. Um, like, we're involved where we're at uh, because I walked in and, like, when we walked in, I knew what I was looking for, and so I'm not going to initially just walk in and pull the trigger because I want to know how you're driving the ship. And if I don't agree with how you drive the ship, there's no reason for me to get on the ship with you because I'm not going to be the guy that gets on the ship with an agenda because you're not going to like that and it's not going to go well, and I'm not going to like it either. So, that initial walk in is a it's an interview process that's the wrong way to say it. I mean, we live in America. there's a church everywhere, right? We live in Texas, there's churches everywhere. It's like what like what is it that you did? go find it that's that's really not that hard so part of it is I'm walking in and observing how do you handle the things I think are most important if we agree with those things, yes. Is there something to be said for getting involved with someone? It's like, I'm not looking for a place that, that I connect with. Where's the place that I can meet the, the need the best? Yeah, there's something to be said for that. And at the same time, whoever is at the top has to be open to that, if you know what I'm saying. that They drive the ship. They they dictate where it goes. Like God chose them for a reason. I don't always know why. I have to kind of refer back to that like it's not my monkey not my circus and so I can't worry about it because I'll get really frustrated about how things are being handled as I look at it and then that like that makes me like angry older brother we, like which isn't okay and i like I don't want to be that way so at, like as I'm talking about this it and it's and it sounds harsh because it is like to, su- to say like hey you suck because you're lazy that's a harsh statement to make and at the same time there are times when somebody needs to harshly rebuke what we're doing and go, you are missing it like crazy. Doesn't mean you're not working hard. Doesn't mean you don't have character and integrity and all those things, but but you're missing like the sauce in where it's supposed to be in just like the basic, simple, connecting conversations, reaching out, the agenda of sharing the gospel with somebody, and how you do it matters significantly. And we have approached it the wrong way getting on stage and be like hey I'm good enough that somebody's gonna know Jesus through what I say on stage all the time doesn't matter again yeah it's like one of the top three things top three things you do as a pastor is share from the scriptures on a Sunday here's the message that God has for us as a body significantly important Work hard at that. Spend 20 to 40 hours studying those things if that's what you need to do to get it done. Absolutely. And then take the same intensity and place it into those opportunities and windows of sharing the gospel individually with people in order to lead them to Jesus. Like, don't miss those opportunities. There are are a handful of guys that are good enough to stand on stage and for hundreds of thousands of people to keep coming back. For 98% of us, we're not that good. And so you have to be good at this. Some of you are like, no, I really am that good. Really? How many people are you talking to on Sunday? It's kind of the idea of like, man, I'm a writer. Do you write anything? No. Eh, you're probably not a writer. Okay. Cool. Really want to be a trainer. Do you work out every day? Nah. Probably not a trainer then. Like I really like fitness. Really? Like how much? Like, I enjoy going outside and hiking, like every day. No. I don't know. Right? Like, no man, I'm really good at speaking. Like, I'm really good. Really? How many people listen? I talk to like two, three hundred people a week. Yeah, you're probably okay. But there's probably a reason you're not like If you were, you'd be there. Like, the guys that are that good are that good, and they're there. Like, guys that are that good are doing it. It's it's just how it is. So, which you're like, well, how many people listen to you? Not very many. Probably not very good at it. Yeah, that's why I keep doing it, to get better. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What am I getting at here? I'm going to keep reading again. Uh, this is how they handle fallout up or connecting with new people. They literally banked off the fact that people would like the preaching well enough that they don't need to do anything else, like, at all. The expectation that just having an event monthly or quarterly or announcing it on a Sunday is going to move people to Jesus is absolutely absurd. Like, that's an absurdity. Don't invest 40 hours in doing the trunk-or-treat event. Invest 40 hours in the individual's it, like if you spend 40 in trunk or treat planning and pulling it off, then you need to turn around and you need to invest like 140 in, in chasing down the people that showed up in order to share the gospel with him and invite them to church for the next 12 months until they come. Like that's what you need. Like That's not absurd. Doing the event and handing out candy and then expecting that to translate to people meeting Jesus is an absurdity. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Is it good to have people show up and let to know people that you're there? Absolutely. Is it crazy to not capitalize on the people that are there while they're there, getting what you can from them, and then following up with it like a banshee is absurd. If you were launching a startup company, would you just make a product, launch a website, and then once a week announce that you can buy that product on your website? No. That's nuts. That's bananas. That's bananas. No, you like you'd make a product, you'd launch a website, you hit the social media networking, like you would do every, like I'm gonna do a hat company. Great, so I'm gonna make my product, I'm gonna launch a website, I'm gonna start pounding the pavement on social media, I'm gonna go Instagram, I'm gonna go LinkedIn, I'm gonna go Facebook, I'm gonna go TikTok, I'm gonna do Unsplash, and I'm gonna put pictures and videos and quotes everywhere. I'm gonna post like 25 to 100 posts a day across those platforms, and then I'm gonna start calling companies, and I'm gonna call like, sneaker con and i'm going to call different places that do like streetwear and stuff like that and like conferences and places they put stuff up i'm going to try to put a pop-up store somewhere all i'm going to do is be on the phone knocking on doors pounding the pavement i'm going to call influencers i'm going to be sending hats and hoodies and and as much crap as i can afford to send and things that i can't afford to send i'm going to get people to invest i'm it's like that's what you're going to do you're going to put it in sixth gear put the on the floor and here we go why? Because you're trying to survive. And yet we've got to, like, that, that's just to, to create and sustain a company that's, that makes and sells hats. There's no eternal value on a hat. Like, I like hats. I'm wearing one now. I try to mix it up on the podcast and what hat or hoodie or glasses or beanie that I am wearing. Why? Because that's fun and we live in fashion. There's zero eternal value attached to that, but that's how we would approach it. We as churches are carrying the weight of eternity of people's lives on our shoulders, and we announce an event once on Sunday. We might send an email that nobody actually reads. I go back and check MailChimp and see how many opens and clicks there are. It's going to be low, and then we go, man, we're really making an effort. No, we're not. If we're not pounding the pavement the same way that we would if we were doing a startup, we are missing the boat. We're only going to be as successful as our efforts. To sell that hat for $25, you have to ask, on average, at least 38-ish people. If you ask 100 people, then you're going to sell 2.6 hats. But if you ask 1,000, you're going to sell 26.3. But if you ask 100,000, you're going to sell 2,631 of them. It's, that's basic marketing, Right? That number is actually based off of a an insurance sale, so it actually isn't hat to to sales. How do I know that? Because I'm actually selling hats. It's called Purple Bear Hat Company. You can check it out on the tab. You can click on cellofello.com backslash purplebearhatco. We take the proceeds and give them away to people with sick kids. That's the whole point of that company. It is a startup. Have I pounded the pavement? No, because I've got other startups going on as well. So... Um, anyways but if like that's like man we're gonna win at that that's what we would do eventually we may do it just like that so it dep- we have to have the investment backing behind it though the point is like you see what i'm getting at like i get that you're a pastor and you're and at the same, like in reality you're a salesman you're but you're selling jesus and the product isn't just a like it's not a sneaker it's not a hat it's not a hoodie it's not knives it's not a car it's not insurance it's not whatever it is that people sell it's not an encyclopedia it it is like i am trying to tell you the secrets to life and like the key to eternity like hope healing life forever that's what you're selling we need to sell it better and we we either like we either don't know it or we just suck at it and <laughs> at the end of this I like this there's nothing wrong with selling Jesus it's completely different than when Judas did it maybe consider this the point is we are lazy and we need to recognize that we are the problem and number two we need to be better how do we be better there's a blog if you go to the bottom of this one click be better it'll take you there too so hey thanks thanks thank hold on one second I am gonna go back over here and do the intro music Oh, it's not even on. Yeah, it's supposed to be looping right now. Why is my music not looping? (sighs) Music loop. Music loop. I don't know why it does this. I'm still learning. Oh, here we go. That didn't fade, though. We're going to try it again. Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Stello Fellow Podcast. Glad you were here. You can... uh, Go back, you can listen, you can watch, you can read, you can comment on stellofello.com. There's multiple tabs, faith, family, fashion, and fitness that we talk about. There's also the Purple Bear Hat Co., and there's also Dax X sports card collection. My son is now an entrepreneur. Actually, he's always been one, but he's now started a new venture as a sport card collecting salesman. So, uh, we are doing that show together. We dropped episode three last night, and he's pumped out of his mind completely other discussion i'm sorry that that i ran that rabbit trail so if you've got a thought a question a response an argument anything i would love to engage with you in a conversation you can reach me at stello fellow s-t-e-l-l-o f-e-l-l-o at gmail.com i check it daily always respond to those things so give me a shout if you'd like to talk would love to Thank you for being here. Leave a review, share, click, like, comment, whatever it is you'd like to do on whatever platform you're looking at right now. That would be awesome. Thanks for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful day and make sure that you engage the gospel with somebody today. Why? Because that's what we're supposed to do. Later.